Friends, our reading today comes to us from Mark chapter 4, and out of reverence for God and His Word, I invite you to stand as you're able for this gospel reading. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat there while the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. He began to teach them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to this, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. And he said, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. When he was alone, those who were around him, along with the twelve, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything comes in parables, in order that they may indeed look, but not perceive, and may indeed listen, but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on the rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. But they have no root and endure only for a while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are those sown among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil. They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I'd like to thank Bonnie, Becky, and the choir for leading us in worship this morning, and I also want to thank Andrew for that prayer. There's a phrase in that prayer, declutter our hearts, that uh, is visceral to me right now as we have just moved into our house right around the corner. And so that image of what does clutter my heart, because our house is pretty cluttered right now. I, I, uh, this morning as I was getting ready, I, I had to carve out like a little mouse hole a hole in a box to pull out my shoes and my belt to put on this morning to make it here. So, yeah, our hearts are a little cluttered right now, and that's okay. Well, it's a joy to be here, and it's already abundantly clear to me that God is doing some great things through the people here at Noonan First United Methodist Church. And I am happy to be able to join with you and be a part of that. As a reminder, we are on a series on the parables of Jesus, and so this is a five-week series. We are smack dab in the middle. This is the third week of that series, and the parables were Jesus's iconic mode of teaching. As, as Andrew reminded us that first week, the word parable literally means to cast alongside, and so 
A lot of the time, rather than just directly saying something, Jesus would tell a story that was kind of cast alongside the point he was trying to make. And he did this because Jesus is wise and knew that human beings are bad listeners. And that's okay to say, it's okay to admit. Sometimes it's hard to pay attention in a sermon. I'm with you. But we're really good at stories, right? Human beings love stories. When I first meet someone, I love to connect and say, oh, you like this book series that I like? We're going to get along just fine. We connect through these stories. And the beautiful thing about stories is the really good ones you could chew on over and over and over again and keep getting more and more out of it. And Jesus knew this, and that's why Jesus taught in these wonderful stories called the parables. Our parable today is one of these really good stories. Some know it as the parable of the sower. Some know it as the parable of the soils. I, I, I read one thing that called it the parable of the hundredfold harvest, which I had never heard before. But before we dive into that, I want to share with you a portion of my personal story. So when I was in middle school, two very important milestones happened at the same time. And the first milestone was I finally got old enough that my parents got me my first cell phone. And we went to Cellular South, which does not exist as a store anymore, and we, we got this Samsung flip phone, and it was a beautiful thing. It could call, it could text, it had this little screen that told you the time, and you could change the background. So it had every feature imaginable at the time. And it was a whole new world for me of texting my friends and the freedom of being able to call people. And then around the same time, I got my very first girlfriend. So we met in youth group, and we really hit it off volunteering for VBS. And the last day of VBS, we made it official, and we held hands. So (laughs) things were getting pretty serious is what I'm saying. So my life was going great. I had everything I ever wanted. I had my new cell phone. I had my first girlfriend. And then my parents wanted to mess the whole thing up by taking me and my siblings on vacation. And so we packed into this minivan, and we went out to Yellowstone National Park. Now, I would imagine that Yellowstone is a beautiful, awe-inspiring place. I like to picture kind of what you'd see on a calendar flipping through, of buffalo and a rock formation and some geysers and streams. But even though I was physically there, I could not tell you what Yellowstone National Park looks like because the entire trip, 100%, of my attention was on this flip phone and texting and calling that new girlfriend. And I would send a text message while I was in the car with everybody, and I would send a joke, and then uh, the response wouldn't come in, and I'd just be agonizing over, that wasn't funny, that was so dumb. And then she'd send back, LOL. (sighs) Yes, I did it. And then I would send a winky face emoji and I'd be like, that was too much. That was, what was I thinking? And then we would pull over my family, and there'd be this beautiful view, but I would peel out of the minivan and immediately flip open the phone and call my new girlfriend. If this was a season of my life where I wasn't receptive to my family. I wasn't receptive to the beauty around me. I wasn't receptive to anything, just my cell phone and my first girlfriend, who, by the way, broke up with me one month later. Now, the wild thing about this is now Caroline and I absolutely love the national parks. 
Since we've been married, we've gone to Jasper and Banff up in Canada. We've gone to Zion National Park. We've gone to the Grand Canyon and seen Horseshoe Bend. And these places are amazing. They are so life-giving, and every time we go there, we are just in awe of God's handiwork. There's this place at the Grand Canyon called Ooh-Ah Point. There's a little picket sign. And it might as well be called Hallelujah Point, because you go and you stand there, and you just realize God is so big and good, and we are so small. And what a gift all of this is. But it's wild to me that I was in Yellowstone, physically there, and I don't remember anything about it. Something so life-giving and so significant completely failed to take root in that moment. It was a different season of my life than the one that I am in now. And I want you to keep that idea of different seasons of our lives in mind as we enter into the story today. The parable of the sower. And the story begins with the sower who went out to sow. That's the very first image. And it's a really important image, so I want to make sure you're picturing the right thing. So a sower is not someone sowing with a needle and thread. A sower is a farmer who is planting seed. And nowadays we have tractors, we have these big devices that pre-measure the seeds and plant them, and then pesticides, giant sprinklers. But back then, people just owned a plot of land. And when you sowed seed, you went out there and you just had a bag and you threw that seed out everywhere on your lot. And you aimed for the good stuff, right? You aimed for the good stuff, but you're just scattershot throwing these seeds everywhere. And then you would till the soil afterwards and turn it all over. And then you just kind of hope for the best. This is the image of the one sharing the good news at the start of this story. Not a calculated invitation, but scattershot, completely thrown out everywhere at the beginning of the season. These invitations into the aliveness that only God can give are thrown everywhere in sight. Jesus tells us that these seeds are representative of the word of God, the good news, and that the sower is the one who shares that good news. And then he gives different images of the types of soil that those seeds, those invitations land on. And the first image is of this packed in path where a lot of people have walked so the soil is really firm. And it's so firm, in fact, that the seeds cannot get under the soil and they can't take root. And so birds come and swoop and eat them up. And Jesus tells us, these are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear the evil one immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them, they never have a chance to take root. Next, he says, some seed falls on a soil filled with rocks, and these shoot up quickly and seem to be growing great, but they don't have deep roots. And so when the sun comes out and shines, they can't get enough water, and they wither and scorch. These are the people, Jesus says, who hear the good news, and they say, this is great. I love it. Sign me up for everything. Check, 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 check. But then, as that initial excitement goes away, and when the rubber hits the road, the good news just doesn't stick. And then third, some seed falls among the thorns, and the thorns choke them out when they try to grow. And these are people who hear the good news, Jesus says, but they are too attached to their own possessions or their own idols or their cell phone in their pocket or their first girlfriend. And they can't serve both things. And so there's not enough nutrients to go around 
the seeds cannot grow because all the nutrients are going to something else. But then finally, some of these seeds fall on good soil. Soil with nutrients, sunlight, water, and they spring up and they bear fruit. And Jesus says sometimes it's 30 times what's planted, sometimes 60 times what's planted, sometimes 100 times what was planted. One of the commentaries that I read about this put this into perspective and said a good harvest was seven times what was planted. A good harvest. A great harvest was 10 times what was planted. 30 times, your whole community would have a party. 60 times, it would feed the community for years. And 100 times, you'd go retire at a beach villa somewhere. You'd be set for life. A crazy amount of new fruit and growth from these seeds on the good soil. Now, I want to caution you against what I did the first time I heard this passage, which is, (laughs) it was really easy. I didn't chew on the story. And I went with that first flavor that hit my mouth. I went to church. I read my Bible. And so my first reaction hearing about these different types of soils was to say, man, that sounds terrible for those other soil folks. (laughs) Those path soil people, those rocky soil people, those thorny soil people. They have it real rough. Thank God I'm a good soil person. And then I clapped my hands and I went on with my life. Thank God I'm a good soil person. Does that sound familiar to you at all? If you were here last week, it should. It sounds awfully similar to the prayer of the Pharisee from last week's parable, where the Pharisee prays a prayer that says, Thank God I am not like those sinful people. But if you remember, the Pharisee didn't go home justified. The tax collector went home justified because he acknowledged his sin and asked for mercy. As I was preparing for this sermon, I picked up this book from the church library here at Noonan First. And this is a shameless plug. It is a great library, and it also shares a door with my office. It's right next door, upstairs. Come for the good books, stay for the good company. But it's a book by J. Ellsworth Callis, who was a Methodist minister for 38 years and at one point was the president of Asbury Theological Seminary. And the book is called Parables from the Backside, Bible Stories with a Twist. And what Callis does is he writes about Jesus' parables, but he writes about them with a different perspective from a different angle. And one of the chapters is on the parable of the soils. And what Dr. Callis asks is this. What if we all have different seasons of our lives when we are these different soils? He says, and I quote, usually when we read the parable of the sower, we think of the places on which the seed falls as descriptions of different types of persons. But there's another side of the story. It describes with unsettling accuracy the several stages in the life of any person. You, me, Mother Teresa, or Adolf Hitler. The soil of which we human beings are made has seasons, Callus writes. And the seasons of our soil have everything to do with the way we handle issues of life and eternity. The soil of which we human beings are made has seasons. What if the only time that I had ever heard God's invitation I'd been in middle school when I had my first cell phone and my first girlfriend. 
Well, I can tell you one thing. I wouldn't be standing here right now, that's for sure. I would have said, that's fine and all, but I got everything I need. And then been shocked one month later when all of that changed. The seed of good news would have never taken root if that was the only invitation. But that's the great news is that God is like the good farmer who goes out and casts this seed all over the lot to people of all seasons. The sower goes out to sow. Season after season, new opportunities are cast for the good news of God to take root in our lives. I'm sure you already know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. But in the United Methodist Church, we believe in three forms of grace on our path to salvation. And the first one is prevenient grace, which is a fancy word for the grace that goes before. Before we ever do anything, God is reaching out to us, inviting us, nudging us closer, hinting to us that there's something not quite right about the way this world works and about the way that we're wired. It's missing something crucial. And then the second form of grace is justifying grace. When we finally accept that initial invitation from God, We accept that there are parts of our own brokenness and sinfulness and parts of our broken world that we can't fix on our own and that we need God's forgiveness and grace to address it. And then there's sanctifying grace, which is our obedience to God every day, accepting the invitation every morning to do what God is calling you to do here and now. And it's through that sanctifying grace that we are made more and more into the image of Jesus being closer and closer to a reflection of God's perfect love to a world in so much need. At all stages of your life, in every season, God has thrown out an invitation to enter into relationship, to accept forgiveness and grace, to grow in obedience and love. That invitation is there, and when we accept it, we bear fruit, sometimes 30 times what God planted, sometimes 60 times what was planted, sometimes 100 times what was planted. Following this sermon, I want to invite you to pray. And whether you pray from your seat or you come forward and pray up here at the altar during this hymn, I want you to pray and ask this question of God. What is your invitation for me right now, in this season? What is your invitation for me right now? I can promise you this. The sower has gone out to sow. The seed has been thrown into the field, and God's invitation is here. Amen.